and welcome to the latest summer guest episode of the Baggies broadcast. My name is Johnny Drury. Now, we've already had episode one of our summer guest series last week, which was with England, former England, well, England kit man and former West Brom kit man, the busiest man in football, Pat Frost, uh, season ticket holder down at the Albion as well, lifelong fan, Coxie. I thoroughly enjoyed recording that and I enjoyed listening back to it. Some fantastic tales in there. Oh, what a guy Pat is. Yeah, it's it's always a pleasure to catch up with him. You know, whether you're reminiscing about things he's done, what he's got coming up, um, his memories, he's, you know, he's, his baggy's memories are like an anorak, aren't they? He he knows, yeah, he knows that he can remember ev- everything. And that's that's a compliment, by the way. It's, it's a pleasure. He's forgotten more than most of us know about Albion, oh, safe to say. Incredible, incredible <laughs> encyclopedic. Yeah, you know, historical knowledge and all of that, and and we had the pleasure, of course, Johnny, of his uh, trainer collection in the background of the Zoom chat. So, um, so that that was that was good, wasn't it? Because his trainer collection is is almost as famous as his uh, as his kit. Yes, so, yes, it was quality, and I hope the um, other people listening to this episode, you know, enjoyed the last one, and we've got another belter on the way, haven't we? We certainly have. All the summer guest episodes, as with the season guest episodes, are brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man, the place where you can go for a load of good uh, household products. They've got a little bit of a deal still on on postage and packaging as well. So if you're looking for some some summer gifts, head over to the thekettleandtoasterman.co.uk and thank you for their continued support. Um, but yes, we've got another episode for you this week. The Pat Frost one will, as always, remain on our, our SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. But we've got a new one dropping in the form of former Albion youngster Sam Mantum, who joined us uh, joined us a few months ago, actually. Um, he's had a busy busy last couple of months. He returned to uh, to Russia Olympic um, last season, and he's had a he's had a successful season. He's won a treble. He's up to the National League North with with uh, with Russell. But Coxie, I, I sort of sat down with Sam myself, but he's got a, such an interesting story. Broke through at Albion, played a handful of games before going on to Walsall. Um, and then there's a, a good part in that in this podcast about how sort of the COVID-19 pandemic affected his career and thousands of other players across the um, across the country. Um, and he's found success again now in his in his late twenties um, at Russell Olympic. Uh, I know you've listened to a few extracts, Coxie. Hopefully, uh, another one that the fans will enjoy. Yeah, really, really good, Johnny. Yeah, I've listened to to bits of that and done bits of reading on it. And uh, he's got a fascinating story, hasn't he, Sam Manton? Obviously, a, a baggies youngster that you know, didn't quite work for him for whatever reason at the Hawthorns. But, wow, he certainly made a career for himself, didn't he, in the Football League? Yeah, obviously, Warsaw mainly, but but other clubs. And he, Sam Manton, I mean, a, a good few years ago when I started um, covering football in league clubs, he was a, a real staple of the Football League, you know, League One, League Two, he was a real rated midfielder, a really, really good player. And if someone would have told me a few years ago that by now in what is, what is he, 27, 28 now, that he'd be in, you know, he'd been playing step step three non, of non-league, I'd have, I really wouldn't have believed it. So it, it is fascinating. And obviously the pandemic is a massive factor of, he was out of contract at Southend, wasn't he? Who had their money problems. And it'll be a great listen, actually, for, you know, for fans to, to hear about, his memories of the academy certainly, but the, the colourful career he had, the success he had, uh, real real favourite at Warsaw, and um, it's a shame for him really. It's a it's a bit of a sad tale, but he's obviously back, having you know great success with it now. It's bringing Rushall's bringing real joy for him. He, he had a treble doesn't get much better than that, does it? And I know he was a massive part of that 
that that three trophy hall at Dales Lane and Russell Olympic promoted to the National League North, the highest division in in their history. Um, yeah, you know, it was the division Kidderminster Harriers were playing in last season, and until obviously they just won promotion. So it's it's incredible, and he's a heartbeat of that side, and good for him. Um, yeah, I think this is a really good listen, and I hope hope people enjoy it. Here you go then. When the baggies broadcast, met Sam Mantum. Sam Manton, welcome to the Baggies broadcast. Thank you very much for coming on our, our new series. How are you? How's the how's the season going so far? You're in the well, we're recording this. This is not going to go out till the summer, but we're recording it in in March, and you're in the goals at the moment, personally, and doing really well at Russell. Yeah, yes, yeah, so far so good this season. Um, yeah, we got sort of seven games left, and we're in a big promotion uh, promotion race. We're in two finals, like scoring. I've sort of got 16 goals so far this season, so it's uh, certainly one to remember. But yeah. yeah, it's going good. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, well, what we're doing on our on our latest series, we're we're chatting to to young baggy stars who've come through the Albion Academy and gone down different avenues after leaving the Hawthorns. So what we always do, we go right back to the the very start, really, and the start of your football football journey from Stourbridge, I believe. Um, Sam, how did you know? What was your journey into football? Did you come from a footballing family? Was it always sort of in your blood, really, played it from a young age. Yeah, yeah. Well, always, literally, from the from the moment you can remember, I was over the park with my dad, my brother, my sister. He, my dad put the net up, and you just you just kicking balls into the goal at a young age. And then um, I think it was around about year I was seven, and uh, I went to Warsaw, got signed up at Warsaw. Um, and just kicked on from there, really. Just year year after year, sort of improved. And um, it was around about twelve that I went to to Albion under under Steve Opcroft. Yeah, and with going in at well, so when was it? Do you sort of, you know, when you you're young, I suppose it's you know looking back now. Do, do you realise that you've got you know got a, a talent? You know, you're obviously one of the best in your in your year or in your school as well. Were you sort of head and shoulders above the other kids around you at, at that age? Yeah. Yeah, we had a good school team, to be fair. I went to a, a school called Summerhill um, over in Kingsford. Um, we, had a, we, had, we had a really good team. Uh, we used to compete in all the games. But, yeah, I was sort of captain in that and used to take all the all, all the big stuff, like the penalties, free yeah. kicks, corners. So, usually, the, the people doing all that, you, you sort of look at them as the, the best players sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, from, from a young age, really, just you... I was a little bit more technically advanced than, than similar people to my age, um, and I think that helped massively. And when did it, you, when you signed for for Walsall, what was that? What was that sort of like being signed up to a professional club at such a such a young age? I suppose you just want to enjoy your football at that at that point when you're sort of seven, eight years old. Can you remember back to how that was, how that period was for you? Yeah, you, you're not you're not thinking too much into it. Like I, I look back at pictures now, and you and. I can remember just getting that fresh kit at the start of the season, and you think, "Oh, this is this is amazing!" I got a fresh, fresh new kit on. Um, <laughs> you get a new pair of boots, but you just you, you love life at that age, don't you? Um, you you don't feel any aches and pains. It's just play, 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 and and just see where it takes you. And obviously, I had a I had a lucky journey to where I got. Yeah, were you one of the obviously with that when Albion came came calling? Now I don't know if this is correct because. You know, this is from Wikipedia research. We all know Wikipedia can be can be wrong sometimes. But I believe Albion, you know, Albion were very interested, potentially paid up to twenty thousand pounds for you at such a, a young age. 
Um, was that a big move? You know, obviously it was a big move for you, but do, was there a lot of you know, a lot said about it at the time? Because that's you know being picked up like that is. I don't know if it happens an awful lot, but you must have been sort of one of the standout ones there at Walsall for Albion to come knocking. Yeah, so I was scoring a lot of goals at that age. Uh, 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 to be honest, uh, about that, I didn't even I didn't even know until someone told me. Like when I was sort of like eighteen, yeah, I didn't I literally did not know at all. Um, but yeah, it was it was a long time time ago, so. I, to be honest, the ins and outs of it, I have not got a clue. I don't know who did the deal. I don't know what happened. I was just sort of playing football and just cracking on. But um, yeah, I presume nowadays that yeah, it's, the fees were a lot more for people sort of that age because teams take a punt and have got a lot more money, haven't they? So I presume it does happen. Yeah. Can you remember that sort of excitement of West Brom coming in and, and going there? You said you were sort of 12, 13 years old. Was was it still a case of just enjoying your football or is that when it got a little bit more serious? Yeah, you could see the step up in the, the facilities and the level was, was obviously massive. Um, you're, you're around a lot more coaches. You, you're watching sort of like Premier League football, Championship League football. Um, and, you, and you know you're in a, a place where you can develop and... And, and see see where you go, um, but yeah, his Warsaw was obviously great, but the, the step up was was massive. And when you're going into to bigger stadiums, bigger changing rooms, and you and you can feel the presence, but you either sort of embrace it or you you crumble. But yeah, it was obviously a great time at that age. Yeah, were you sort of a character to sort of thrive on that? You know, you obviously must have gone from strength to strength, you know, and and sort of progressed up to the reserve team and then obviously what will come on to with your professional contract but you know did you keep progressing and just keep you know keep getting better I suppose and, and keep catching the eye was that the case with your sort of performances and, and, and goals yeah you had to really to, to to get a year year after year um, Dan Ashworth always used to sit down with the parents and, and yourself after every season and go through like what you've done bad what you've done like really well where you can improve like you sort of graded system on every part of your game which was great to see for obviously for myself but obviously for my, for my parents as well because we could try and work on those areas um and then you get to sort of like 15 16 and you start thinking right i could turn pro if i get my head down and uh, that's sort of what i tried to do yeah well, you mentioned dan ashworth there we, we actually had him on the on the podcast series we did last year and you know Thoroughly interesting broke, great man, and you rarely hear anyone say a bad word about him. It sounds like you had some some good sort of dealings with him. Obviously, he's gone on to, to to bigger and better things after Albion. But how how was he to deal with? He sounds like he was a very sort of supportive figure in the academy there. Brilliant, he was absolutely brilliant. But yeah, he, he had a really good team around him. Um, he had a lot a lot of people to help him. But yeah, he, he, as soon as he walked in the change room, as soon as he walked in the building. It was uh, he. He's the main man. He's the he's the tr- the guy you're trying to impress. Um, and he yeah he, he's obviously cracked on and and smashed it now. But um, I, I, I think personally, when he left West Brom, they sort of had a a bit of a decline behind the scenes. And uh, you, you can you can just sort of see how much he helped the helped the young lads, especially at my age, because he was the academy manager at that time, and it was. It was uh, it was a pleasure to to play well, for him. To be fair, yeah. 
So you mentioned in there you went sort of 15, 16. That's when you get sort of is that your your YTS then from sort of 16 to to 18. That must have been a sort of a big moment for you. Obviously you, you sort of that's the next rung up the ladder towards a, a pro contract, I suppose. Yeah, you, you, as soon as you hit that that last year before your your, your 16th, 17th birthday, you you know you've got the two year pro deal potentially coming up and that that's just a massive moment you if you if you sort of don't reach that stage at that that level um you obviously you do really well to sort of kick on and stay at that level um you see a lot of lads sort of just drop off and and some some people in our team didn't just disappeared didn't play football again so it's obviously a big moment at that age but Thankfully, um, I was in a really good team at that age and got got the two year deal. Um, and the, straight away, then you're you're in you're in and around the first team, and, and there's no way you cannot get better. Yeah. So just just this is you know apologies if my research is wrong, but sort of looking at squads was that around sort of 2009 2010? Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Would that have yeah, been under 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 Di Matteo? Was he the one who sort of handed you your professional contract? Yeah. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how was that? Was that was there many of you at the time that got it, and and how was he to work with? Yeah, well, our, our sort of two year group was, I think, still one of the best that we've we've sort of had. There's a few um, names on there, isn't there? Was that the Remain Sawyers and that type type of? Yeah, year? You, you had Chris Wood come in from New Zealand, uh, Remain, uh, Paul Downing, Rock, Ryan Allsop went on, uh, George Thorne. There's, yeah, there was there was a number there was a number of players who've obviously gone on to to play in the Premier League, especially and um, forge unbelievable careers. Um, but yeah, we, we we sort of did really well for those two years and it finished, I think, high, highest up the league that I'll be have for for a very long time. And it's just a shame we didn't get any any youth cup runs because you sort of fancied our team against anyone. Yeah. Um, we used to go to the big boys and and and, and pit our wits there, and as I said, a lot of, a lot of lads went on to to really really do well. So it's it was a good time. Yeah, can you remember that moment when you sort of had the you were called in and, and, and told you were going to get a pro deal? Was it Di Matteo who, who did it himself? No, no, it wasn't the first team manager. It was it was yeah, it was sort of Dan Ashworth with yeah with Mark and people like that. And um, yeah, obviously he must have, he must have had a sort of say and it just filtered down. But yeah, I think it was more come from the, from the Academy guys because they, they've worked with us constantly. And obviously we're still 16 at that time. So um, yeah, we're still people, still young lads really. Yeah. And just during that, that period, you, you know, you're in, in and around with the, the first team now, you know, who did you enjoy sort of working under, under Di Matteo, because I know when you were in and around the first team, you probably had two or three managers, but how was he to sort of work with day-to-day? Obviously, he had a little bit of success well, getting Albion up to the Premier League in that one season. You know, what was he like with you sort of youngsters coming through? How did he deal with you guys? He, he was top-notch. Um, really, really good. It was obviously diff- different for us because he, he was a foreign manager with different different ways, different uh, culture, different ways to play. And it was it was great for for obviously the the sixteen seventeen year old lads to be around that, um, and it helps when the the first teams do well because they embrace you a bit more. You get a chance to train with them a bit more. Um, but yeah, he he was first class, and then obviously when 
seeing him manage Chelsea. And I, I believe he won the Champions League. It was uh, it was quite quite surreal, really. But yeah, he he was he was a top man, to be fair. Yeah, with the in, in terms of the squad back then, was there any? How were the sort of first team players when you came into that environment? Because obviously that was a promotion winning side. It was good, you know a good side. Was is there any sort of players that stick out that sort of maybe took you under their wing or looked after you in that when you first went in there with the first team? Yeah, there's, there's, there's two that stand out as uh, James Morrison and Chris Brunt. I think it helps because I used to play midfield and, and sort of they were the similar sort of position. And um, yeah, I, I cleaned Brunt's boots. So he always used to, to look after me and I always, always used to try and do my best for him on that side of things. That was obviously a big thing for, for us because first year pros, you straight into cleaning boots, getting balls in, changing the goals, all that sort of stuff. And those those two were always around to give you a bit of banter and and sort of look after you in, in, in the right way, which was obviously brilliant for us. Was Brunty quite a good tipper? I know some fans, uh, some players can be quite tight at Christmas, but I'm, I'm sure Brunty sort of sorted you out for cleaning his boots. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple hundred quid. <laughs> um, yeah, it was at, at that time, That's the, that was that was amazing. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't be any more thankful to him. Um, a little Christmas bonus. Um, but the, the biggest thing for me was I, I used. I was the same size as him, so he any boots that he didn't want, I used to you have. You get them, yeah. Which was yeah. I, I didn't have to buy any boots then, so it was he sorted me out a treat. Oh, fantastic! Um, yeah, that 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 was a that was a good bonus. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. So you, you went into that first team environment, and then. I'm not sure how long after it was, but you, you sort of, you, you know, you've had you had a number of loan spells at Albion, but you went out on loan. And when you've got sort of youngsters coming through at English clubs, they tend to go out to sort of League One and League Two clubs. You went, you went out to Iceland um, for, a, for a small spell, um, just reading sort of your your, your CV of, of clubs. How did that one come yeah. about? And what, what was that like? Was that a strange experience for a young young midfielder from, from the West Midlands? It was, it was, but I, I'll tell you what, it was one of the best experiences I've ever, I've ever been through. Um, I, I, I was 17 at the time, and Dan Ashworth pulled. It was me, uh, Latif Aliou, and uh, Calden Brown, if you remember them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said, like lads, there's there's three teams that that are interested in Iceland. The Premier League season finishes in May. You go over there. At the end of April and you'll play your whole summer so you don't have any holiday and sort of just go over there play men's football get a bit of experience um and just there was it was a no-brainer for me I, I thought right that's it's the first time I'm going to travel abroad I travel I went to the airport on my own flew on my own stayed with an Icelandic family for two months and yeah it was 20 hours daylight that was another thing so it was it was some experience but I managed to get around about 13, 14 games and did score a couple of goals, to be fair, and then come back to West Brom in pre-season. And that's when I was sort of involved more because of that, I think. Yeah, what was it, you know, out there? Was it sort of quite a shock when it that sort of opportunity came around? And I, I suppose going out there, like you said, and did you do a little bit of growing up? Obviously, you're in the sort of men's football world then when you're going out, I know it's... Was it the Icelandic sort of Premier their version of the Premier League? Was it Sam? Yeah, yeah, it was a top division. I, yeah. I went to a team who had just got promoted from the from the league below, so it was it was difficult. Didn't have the best of facilities. Um, obviously, going from West Brom to going to Iceland, where they they've sort of got 
you have to train on AstroTurf all the time because the weather's rubbish. Um, you've got people who, it's, it was part-time as well, so you've got people working. Um, and I, I, I don't believe the money was amazing over there, so you don't blame people for going going to work and then then, then playing football. But we were yeah. playing in the Premier League for, for, for that for that standard. Um, and, and I can only look back now, and I presume it would probably be around the National League sort of standard. But there were some good teams who used to have Champions League qualifiers, so um, there, there were there were some good players over there. To be fair, yeah, yeah I was just... I was as a as a youngster, you know, a youngster right there, you know, as you said, a lot of players part time, you know, twenty hours of daylight uh, a day is it what, that you said, you know, I, yeah. was there, was there much to much to do right there away from the away from the football field, or were you just sort of fully concentrated on the football while you're out there trying to make an impression? Yeah, well, I had a few friends who went out there a couple of weeks ago, and that, and and they said, "What was it like when you went there?" And I said, "To, well, to be honest, I couldn't get to sleep because I had four hours in darkness. <laughs> so every every night I'm lying in bed at three o'clock, and I couldn't get to sleep. But I was fully focused on the football. To be honest, I didn't go to any nightclubs. I didn't try and get involved in anything. It was literally train, come home, um, go go and have a look at some of the volcanoes." Um, just spend a bit of time with the family I was staying with, to be honest. And and the the, the 2010 World Cup was on at the time, so it was a good distraction. To so that filled, that. You filled your time there. Yeah. You, you mentioned you then came back to West Brom. And then, if I'm right in thinking, you, you made your Albion senior debut not long after. Uh, was it a League Cup game against Leighton Orient? Yeah, I think yep, that was in the it, was yeah, in think... was in the was in the August, and that would have been that would have still been Di Matteo, I'm guessing, who give you your yeah it was your debut yeah. there. Yeah, yeah how, how was that for you? The sort of the hard work all coming to fruition. It was, yeah, it was sort of a bit of like not relief, but it was it was just a good moment to know that you've 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 gone out, you've worked hard, and you and you've got a bit of a reward. Um, I know it was a League Cup game, but I'm I'm still playing in a first team first team game at a, a very very good level, and I'm playing with all the first team for. I think I was the only only young lad who played. Yeah, you were. I look at the lineup before; it was a very strong side that evening. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I, I think I played with Stephen Reed in the middle. Um, I think Simon Cox was just a, just ahead of us, and I, I got. I think I got an assist. To be fair, I put a, a free kick in for. Is it Ebenez? Yes, Pablo Ibanez. Yes, yeah, centre half. Um, yeah, he scored a header from one of my free kicks, and I, yeah, I just remember that moment. To be fair, yeah, are you um, thinking at that moment? Then you, you sort of right, my foot's in the door now. I've got this appearance in the League Cup. Are you fully believing that you, you know, you can crack on here and try and sort of make a name for yourself and try and get more, even get a league appear, league appearances under your belt? What, what's your sort of frame of mind at that point? Yeah, just do do all you can in training to to sort of impress and and stamp your authority on it. Um, obviously, they were the first team were doing brilliant at the time, and it, it, every day I was with the first team training, regardless of numbers or whatever. So that was obviously a good thing for me. Um, but when, once you've when, when you've got a team full of sort of superstars and, and big money players, it's it, it's so difficult for young boys to to break through, which is why it's just brilliant to see nowadays with what's going on. Um, but yeah, I tried to keep my head down and just crack on. Really, I didn't didn't spend many time times away from from football, um, going out sort of stuff. I, I, yeah, I didn't didn't particularly 
do much to be honest it was just football football recovery recovery and, and try to give myself the best shot yeah you had two more low spells after that I think Tramir and uh, sort of late 2010 and then Oldham in, in early 2011 um, again were they they're just you know you going out to try and get that get that experience I believe in that time Di Matteo sort of been sacked and Hodgson had, had came out I know he came in sort of early 2011 I believe um, yeah yeah. How, how how was that? Was that a bit of a change for you? What was he like with the with the with the youngsters and the kids coming through? Yeah. What what you see now is what what he was like back then. Um, to to this day, he's one of the most sort of intelligent managers I've seen on a training pitch. Does the same sort of sessions all the time, but the amount of detail he went into was just fascinating to see. And you can see it when he manages teams. I know he's gone. Well, he's gone back to Crystal Palace for a, a period, but but previously to that, you could see what he did on the training pitch was working a treat. Um, and again, I was with. I, I came back from them loans, and I, I sort of with the first team every day, travelling away games, sort of. And he always used to say, like in team meetings, uh, Sam, your nineteenth man today. Literally every away game. Yeah. Um, and there's a few times I made the bench, so that was that was quite a good thing. But he always used to say the same thing, and it was sort of just like, "Come on, give me just just let me let me go, let me have a little a little nibble at it." But yeah, he 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 was top notch, and uh, yeah, the, the detail he went into in sessions and, and games was just was just fascinating, really. Yeah, the more you're with that team, then as a 19th man and then on the bench, are you, is your confidence growing in terms of thinking I've got I'm going to get a chance at some point here, or what what you know how did how did you look at it back then? I, I did, yeah, because it got to a sort of a Friday, and 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 the the team sheet sort of went up on the on the board, and always, if my name was on that, I I, I knew on a Saturday I, I was I was looking forward to something. I was being involved in a Premier League environment, um, going to all these amazing stadiums, and I, and I, I thought that that's only going to help my 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 game, how I, how I grow up. So, um, yeah, I, I used to embrace it, even, even though I sort of wasn't involved. If anyone was ill or injured, I, I was in there. Um, and obviously, I'm still playing my, the reserve games. I'm still training with the first team. So, yeah, it was it was a good, ex- well, it was, a, it was an amazing experience. Not many people get to do that. So, I look back at it as a good thing. Yeah, and, and during that time, you know, it's sort of early Albion Premier League years, you know, and some big, some big names are coming in. You know, is there any sort of stories you can remember, or sort of you know interactions you had with any of them players, or any that sort of stood out on the on the training field looking back? Uh, yeah, there's characters just sort of like Ben Foster and Jonas Olsen. That they're just a complete laugh every day. Every time you're around them, it's it's just I know the word banter, but it's just pure. They they are deadly serious when it comes to football, but they're always looking for a laugh and a joke, trying to cheer people up. And um, it's people like that around the dressing room that, that that's why they were so successful. I think um, you, you need you need those those people around the club, and obviously they Albion did well to to get them in for so many years. Yeah, did you were you ever on the sharp end of any sort of tellings off? I know some senior players can sometimes take take against some of the youngsters did you ever ever get a dressing down off any senior players uh yeah Stephen Reid used to used to nail me a few times um I think he I think he used to 
to enjoy it. Um, but yeah, he 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 could be a little bit a little bit aggressive, but it was in the right manner. And it, and obviously, I look back at it now, and I I saw him. I saw him a while ago in a, a reserve game, and I always give him that little that little reminder. I was like that. You didn't have to be that harsh, but that's that's the part of that's why they at that level. That's why they do so well. And uh, I'll, to be fair, I've took that sort of into my game now, and I'm with the younger boys because I'm a, an experienced lad. I, I I try and be that to what he was to me. So I sort of yeah. developed that as well. Yeah, it's almost sort of you know tough love, I suppose. You know, you don't see it at the time, but it's trying to sort of drive you on and and, and help yeah. you because they want you to do well, I suppose. Yeah, at the time you're not thinking that you're thinking, no. oh, here, we, here we go again. But yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, you you do need those characters and and the blend they had in that sort of squad was just phenomenal, really. Yeah, it was a, it would have been another year then before he went back out on loan again, and it was sort of come full circle, really, back at back at um back at Walsall in in League One. Was that a, a move you sort of enjoyed that first loan spell there, a chance to get quite a few games under your belt? It was it was the time probably where my, my, I, I I kicked on massively. Yeah. Um. I, I remember it was around about February time I think, and we we had I got pulled in and they sort of said Dean Smith wants to sign you on loan. I thought they're right. This is great. League One football, amazing. And I looked at the league table and they were like two two points from bottom or something. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh no, um, this is not ideal. But just jumped at it. Went straight down to Walsall training ground on the same day of signing. Got Chef United at home on the evening. Um, did a few set pieces with the boys first time I met them, and then obviously scored scored from a corner on my on my debut against Chef United. And from that moment on, it was uh, just no looking back, really. Yeah, and you you, you spent the rest of the, that season there. Um, I know you returned there later later in the year. I think it was November, but. In that sort of summer, I think Roy Hodgson went left to go to England, and Steve Clark came in. If I if I'm, if I'm correct, at, yeah, yeah, at, yeah, at, at, at Albion. What was what was that summer like for you? Did he, you know, obviously it wasn't long then before you left Albion. I think it was the start of the following following year in, in 2013. Did when did you sort of get to a point where you thought I'm going to have to sort of move on now to to really get me get me chance? Um, it wasn't long after pre-season, to be honest. He, he, he sort of, the chances you got with the first team sort of dwindled, and that and that was for all of us really. I think there was only maybe Chris Wood who was sort of was still training with them um, because of his size. Really, he he sort of like bombed all the young lads off, and and that's when you're thinking, right, well, what's going to happen now? I've just come back from a really really good loan spell. I've got a few teams that want to sign you, but now I'm I'm playing reserve team football, and I've got nothing to look forward to again. So. Yeah, it wasn't long after that he sort of he had a chat and said you, your chances are going to be limited. It's up to you what you want to do. And then um, told my agent at the time, as, and as soon as Dean Smith found out, it was it was game over. Really, that was it. Yeah. What, what what was was he okay about it, Clark, or was he quite sort of cutting about it? I know at that time, you know, I think that summer Alvin signed Romelu Lukaku. They were signing some big players in in a lot of different positions then. Um, how how was he about it to sort of delivering that news? Was he just sort of very honest, I suppose? Yeah, that's what you that's what you wanted really. Uh, just a little bit of honesty to see. So for for my personal being, I can I can do what I, I wanted to do at the time. Um, obviously, didn't want to leave. Like gutted, I was leaving the Albion. 
leaving everything everything behind. But when when you've got a manager sort of saying, look, you're not going to play, um, of of I'm bringing a load of players in from abroad. We've we've got a lot more money to spend. You sort of see what's happening, um, and just yeah, made a decision really. Yeah, I think it was the January. Was it sort of mutual consent? You sort of ripped up the contract and and went and signed for Walsall. I suppose it for a lot of players. You know, a couple we spoke to already. They sort of dropped down into non-league straight away, which I imagine can be quite difficult. But I suppose you're going up the road to Walsall, which is relatively close. You know the football club, um, and you're going to play. I suppose, and that's it's League One football with with Dean Smith. So was it quite easy to sort of get over leaving Albion quite quickly? Or did you come to terms with it quite quickly? The, the, tra- the transition was, yeah, it's perfect, really. I didn't have to move home. I was sort of still in the same area. Um, I knew everyone at Warsaw already. Um, yeah, the, the transition was was probably better for me than it was some other lads who've obviously dropped out. Um, but yeah, I was sort of Sort of looking at it like this is League One. This is still an unbelievable level of football. Let's let's crack on and let's and let's see what happens. Yeah, and just going in at at, at Walsall. Like, sorry, actually going. You know, at, at Walsall you had you know a few other Albion players who came in over the time. The likes of sort of Paul Downing and, and Remain Sawyer's was there for a time as well. But I just wanted to touch on a couple of other youngsters who were sort of in and around at Albion at the time. George Thorne was a, men- a name you mentioned before. Um, who went on to play a handful of games for Albion first team and, and his career. I, I know he's actually still playing at a certain level now, but his professional career was cut short by injury. You know, what what was he like to play with? Because we hear the stories that, of how good he was. You know, did you sort of envisage him going on to, to have a Premier League career if he didn't sort of suffer the injuries that he suffered? Yeah, yeah. He, he, I always sort of looked at George because he, he, he was sort of, he was over six foot playing and I was playing with him. So he sort of had that advantage where everyone would look at him as sort of, he's a little bit more physical so that they sort of trust him more in games and in training. Um, but obviously I was playing with him. So I knew what, what, what a great player he was growing up and his technical ability was, was, was phenomenal really. Yeah. But, and- yeah he, 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 he's, he, the in- injuries have really impacted his career, and obviously, I think he's he's dropped down now. And I, I'm not sure he's actually playing many games. But um, at, at his peak, even when he left West Brom and went to sort of like Derby and teams like that, he, he was. I used to love watching him on the TV and stuff like that. Yeah, he was a he, he was a talent. Another sort of name that 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 came through, not one that you've mentioned, but just looking at squad list, I think you're on similar squad list to him. Sido Sido Berahino, I'm guessing probably would be a little bit younger than you, Sam. Did you have yeah, any sort one of, year one year younger, yeah. How how was it sort of coming through with him? Obviously he went on and did really well, had a good season with Albion and then had the you know all the controversy we know with the the, the move to Tottenham that didn't come around and then leaving and it, I think he's playing out in Cyprus at the moment, still at a relatively young age. How what was it like watching him sort of coming through? Was it always quite noticeable that he was going to go on and, and play for the first team and, and do really well? Yeah, you could tell in, in, playing with him, he, he's one of the most deadliest sort of finishers I played with at that level. Um, you give him a chance and it was it was bang goal. It was great to see in training, to be fair, and, and games and reserve games. But um, yeah, he, he just didn't, he sort of had that period at West Brom where, where where he did it, and then out of nowhere he just sort of fell off the off the cliff. And um, obviously things have happened behind the scenes, and a lot of stuff's gone on. And 
Um, it's, it's a shame, really, because what a talent, what a talent. And um, I, I believe he was game. I think he was training with England at one stage, the first team, wasn't yeah. he? So you can you can just see by that that he, he had it all at, at, at the time. And uh, yeah, yeah, you forget how actually quite, <laughs> forget how good he was. To be fair. You know, he gets it. He's got a tag as a you know a reputation of of what happened. You know, with the, the the failed transfer and stuff off the pitch and and this and that, various things in newspapers. But as a teammate, you know, youngster coming through, what was he like, sort of as a person, and was he sort of a good player to sort of be around, personality-wise as well as sort of his his talent as well. Yeah, all, all the all the stuff that you you uh, people have seen, you you just that's, that wasn't him at the time. Um, that wasn't him growing up. It, it, it was, it was quite sad to see. To be fair, from from sort of my angle, because I've, I, I know I knew him at the time. I played with him for a, for a number of years, and yeah, he's just he was a great lad. I had no no complaints whatsoever. But um, I was, everyone's got older and sort of make their own decisions, and yeah, it's just uh, it petered out. Well, not not very nicely in the end, isn't it? So yeah, and that's how it's sort of sort of ended for for him at West Brom. But it going back to, to Walsall, like you said there, you had Paul Dining and, and Remain Sawyers was in the sort of squad at various points when you're at Walsall. Was that sort of nice as well? You'd had players that had been at Albion and, and you'd gone on and I suppose Remain like yourself, you know, really kicked on at Walsall, you know, and went on obviously went back to Albion. Um what was it like to play alongside them at, at Walsall with you to all going in there as youngsters? Yeah, it was easy. It was easy. That's the that's the only word I can find. Like they, it was literally like playing your your pals just over the park. It was, and you but you're playing League One football and competing at the top end of the league. It, um, I used to stay in digs with with PD. Um, for I stayed in digs two years with him, so obviously I got to know him on a personal level really well. Spent a lot of time with him playing football manager after training and things like that. <laughs> Um, staying at the same same place, so um, yeah, seeing seeing those two come over was was obviously brilliant for me, and they they did they did really well at Walsall as well. So it's yeah, it's good times to remember. Yeah, was it a good time under obviously Dean Smith did well at Walsall and has gone on to do great things. You know, at one stage almost got the Albion Albion job. I'm sure you'd probably speak highly of him, somebody brought you in there at Walsall and and sort of give you that chance. Yeah, yeah, he was he was top man. The, the the best manager I've I've worked alongside. Um, I know you you've got Roy Hodgson, Di Matteo, people like that, but I, he he was just different world for me. The the way he just handled himself with 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 the lads and it was always like just he wasn't the manager. He was your, he was your friend. He was the person you could talk to. Any problems you had, he could deal with it. Um, but at the same time, you you'd run for a brick wall for him on a, on a Saturday. Um, and obviously the results we have speak for themselves. So amazing times there, to be fair. Yeah. And how did that come to, to sort of an end? I think you had sort of four or five, maybe six seasons there. Over you know over a hundred appearances, possibly 150 appearances for for Walsall. Was it was it tough to leave? You know, I know you said being there after Albion, you were still close to family and and in the area. How how did it all sort of come to an end? Um, we sort of we missed we we lost in the playoffs two years in a row. And then uh, you, you sort of hear murmurs like lads going here, lads going there, and and, and the sort the team just sort of broke up after after we we, we lost in the semi finals, um, and then 
that that one season, I'd I'd I'd, had, I'd scored eight goals from centre midfield. I'd I'd played forty odd games, so automatically I I had sort of like eight to ten teams all all want to sign you because you've you've had a really good season. Um, and then it's just decision time, really, isn't it? Um, I've been at Walsall for four or five years. I, I knew everyone was leaving. It was what do you do? And obviously decided to go to to Scunthorpe for a for a bit of a change, which was um, it's sad really because I didn't want to leave Walsall, but um, circumstances and and what was what was there sort of forced my decision really. And you that was 2016 when you went to to Scunthorpe, two years there, and then got two years at Southend. Just touched on the Scunthorpe. But first, that you know, again in League One, how was that? How did you look back on that time in your career? Yeah, that, well, I don't know how that team didn't get promoted. To be honest, um, it, it was weird because at, at Warsaw we'd we'd lost in in the playoffs, and then I went to Scunthorpe, and for those two years we lost in the playoffs semi-finals for both years again. So you haven't like, got a very good record, have you? Not a very good, good how, omen. How unlucky can you be? And and I sort of look back at, at that time thinking, what well, if we go up there, I'm playing championship football and it's a big change, isn't it? And you don't know what path you're going to change, what path you're going to go on. Um, so, yeah, it was obviously, it was, it was a little bit further away from home, but um, dealt with it pretty well. But at, at, at the end, sort of was a little bit injury prone. Couldn't, I was doing an hour's journey there and back every day and uh, it, it smiled a little bit harder than I thought to be honest and just couldn't get a run of games together which was a bit of a shame Yeah, looking back I know footballers you know, I've heard them talking on podcasts you talk about sliding doors moments I suppose they, those four playoff semi-finals were that for you certainly with Walsall where you were and at the time and with, with Scunthorpe do you ever sort of reflect back and think how different things might have been because sort of two years after leaving Scunthorpe you sort of Leaving South End and, and and signed for Russell Russell Olympic men, you know. Do you yeah. ever, do you ever yeah. look back and think what what might have been? Yeah, I, I, you do, but at the same time, there's that part of you thinking like it is what it is. It's, yeah. that's part of life, isn't it? Um, it, it is a it is a period of time where things could have been different. You, I could still be playing sort of League One football now. I see, I'm seeing lads now playing who who, who were in contract during COVID and. If I'd have had a contract during COVID, would that be me? And it's just little things like that. Um, but yeah, th- those four years, I'd, I'm either unlucky or um, yeah, I don't know, don't know what to say <laughs> about that. But um, one of those years, you'd fancy to go. But every single time we played the semi-final team, the team who won, the, who beat us, went up to the championship. So yeah, there's a little uh, bit to think about there. <laughs> yeah, you must have smashed a smashed a mirror or something before that, or had a had a bit of bad luck, something like that. Um, you left uh, Scunthorpe then, so you went from the north down to the south to to south end. That was in League One as well. I think you played sort of sixty odd games there. Um, and then, just judging by the timings, that was sort of your, the end of your spell at, at South End coincided with COVID, I'm guessing. Um, Sam. Yeah, yeah. And then the following season, you were. Sort of drop down in the in the Southern League with you know back in the West Midlands with with Russia. Obviously, that's a drop from League One down to that level, which is quite a few leagues. Is is that the story behind it? You know, I know a lot of football clubs struggled in in COVID and and, and a lot of players sort of were left out of contract. What was your sort of time like then? What was your story? 
Yeah, was obviously out of contract in in July. Um, COVID hit, I think it was around about March time. Um, and straight away, we got put on furlough. Um, and at the time, we well, we weren't getting paid at South End. So automatically, in in my head, I'm thinking, right, what's going to happen here? We've, we've not been paid. Was this the We're start of their sort of financial demise? I know they're in the, in the National League now, aren't they? And they've had a few sticky years. Was this sort of the start of that period, was it, Sam? Yeah, I, I believe so. I think it was a little bit little bit before, but it, it was the time where I realised, like, this is this is not good. Um, obviously, when you when you banged on furlough uh, and, you, and you, you haven't been paid for a month or two, it's, it's, you've got bills coming out, coming out. It's, what do you do? Um, and... I was at contract at that time on a on a on a decent enough contract at that level, um, and I, you, you just saw what was coming. Really, um, got rid of them. They got rid of nearly pretty much everyone at that time, um, and it was what do you do now? Because I was sort of going on trial to to teams in the in the summer, and and they're sort of coming back with. with we've got no, we've got no budget. We've got to play the young lads this and that, and I'm. Oh, it was it was a, it was a tricky time to be honest, um, but yeah, not much more to say on that. <laughs> yeah, did you did you when did you sort of make? Because obviously you went to Russia, that's sort of part part time. Um, so was it a case of you're gonna have to sort of you've gone from professional football being at the age of you know in your sort of mid to late twenties, you know, having had some really good seasons, was it a facing the real? How was it facing the reality of you probably? I'm guessing you probably had to go out and, and get a, a job you know and play part-time as well How, was that a difficult period for you it, yeah it was very difficult very very difficult um because your your income's completely gone and it's like what do you do now i, I know i know some boys who who were working um and playing and i i didn't particularly want to do that i wanted to stay full-time 100 yeah. percent. um but I'm, I'm getting offers from clubs and and they they weren't they they weren't great offers, um, and it was a it was a little bit of a like you taking the Mickey sort of thing. But were, were they clubs at a level that you would play? You know, were they football league clubs or national league clubs or? Yeah, yeah, like, like League One, League Two clubs, and um, the, the contracts that people were offering. It's not it wasn't just to me. It was I was speaking to other lads at contract saying, like, what's going on? Like, why can't anybody get a deal? I spoke to four or five lads who had left uh, similar clubs to me and they were all in the same situation. It was, it was crazy really, because every club was saying the same sort of thing. But if, if you were in contract during COVID, you were okay because you, because that those things didn't happen to you. And I, I know, I know I still speak to boys now who, who are on the same sort of path that, that I was on at that time. Um, but yeah, it's real life hits you hits you hard and quickly at that time, and it's just what do you do? And I and I just made the decision to just get a job and and, and play part time to to earn a bit more money than what people were offering. Yeah, and how how did you adapt to going into that? What what sort of line of work did you did you go into at that time? Was it sort of a bit of a culture shock? Because obviously, from a young age, you've just been football, football, football. Yeah, yeah. It, well, I, I was still living in South End to be fair. Um, I had a really, really nice like group of friends down there. It was a nice lifestyle right by the sea. And uh, one of my friends just said, you know what, I'll 
come and work for, come come and work with me for a bit. Um, he got like a building company, like a decorating company. Um, so I just the one day I said, oh, yeah, I need to earn, need to start earning some money. I'll I'll come and give it a go, and um, that that was the start of it really. And then once you get your part time football money as well, once you join it together, it was it was it was sort of happy days again but um yeah that's the sort of route i'm i'm on now as well so when you were so you were down in south end is that when you signed for for russell because i know you're only at russell for a, a short period then yeah you, you had two seasons at hemel hempstead um then before you know your latest spell at russell what was the sort of timeline of, of events as so far as sort of the clubs you signed for yeah obviously i was living in i was living down south and Rushall's a bit of a bit of a trek from there. Uh, <laughs> so it was Jamie O'Hara got in contact, um, and he said, "Look, I spoke to the manager at, at Hemel Hempstead, and they're they're desperate to to sign you." And it was it was roughly an hour's drive from me, um, just jumping on the M25 and and up past that way. So I, I went I went training for a few sessions, and the standard was really good. That was National League North at that time. Um, standard was really good. Uh, setup was great. It was like proper 4G, and yeah, they sort of offered me a deal. And because I was working, I, once you had both together, it was sort of like okay, that, that's 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 a good wage. I can I can pay my bills. I can I can do things again. So that, that I just jumped in, just jumped in two feet and thought let's 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 go for it and and see where it takes me. And I, I did that for two years. You've, and you've you've come out of you know professional football and, and straight into that. Did did you take that mindset into it? I'm sure there's players at that level, you know, who've played at that level for their whole careers, and, and it's maybe a little bit little bit different. Obviously, it was your job before that, you know, months before playing there. Did you take that professional mentality into into playing non-league? Yeah, I, I still do now. I, I can't not. It's just like sort of ingrained. Um, yeah, even even this season, it's. I still recover the same way that I used to do ten years ago, five years ago. I still eat the same things, still have the same pre-match. Um, just yeah, sort of the the lifestyle changed a little bit, and, and uh, on a Friday you might be doing a little bit more graft than you was, sort of thing. So yeah, it's it is a it's it's a, it's a change, but there's the, the the football side of things has not changed at all. I, I can safely say that. Yeah, did you? You know, you had two seasons there. Was there ever a chance to go back to to full time, or, or or did you become sort of quite settled with that? You know, we, we hear some players stay, you know, choose to stay part time and work because you know they might earn more than maybe a professional in the national league might do. You know, did you ever have a chance to go back sort of full time, um, or did the, it ever cross yeah, your mind? There was a team in the national league at the time that put seven seven days in, um, and that and they were full time, but. The the contracts they sort of offering were, were were nowhere near to what I was sort of earning playing full time and, and working, so it was that catch twenty two again. Do you go full time and gamble that you might go up again and but earn less money, or do you do what you're doing now? And I, I chose to do what I was doing now because yeah, you, you needed to pay bills, needed to needed to support people. It was it was just one of those decisions at the time and. Um, but to be honest, now I look back and I think it was the right decision personally um, for, for for what I did. But um, again, just a little bit of luck sort of just slid me into that like survival mode. 
Yeah, I suppose when you look back, you could argue that, you know, obviously the pandemic was was awful for, for so many reasons. When you look back, it maybe not cost you your career, but certainly, you know, maybe stopped you playing higher for, for longer almost. And, and I suppose in hindsight, looking back, it's easy yeah, to do things wanna, like that. Yeah, I don't want to blame it on... No. I don't want to blame it on that, but it, it, it was obviously a massive factor. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, just out of contract at the wrong time. Um, if I'd have had another year, I'd, I'd have still been still been getting paid at Southend. I'd have still had another year in league football and then who, who knows what had happened that season after. Um, but, yeah, it was something to, obviously, you sort of not dwell on it, but... Um, Something to, something to think about every now and again, but I just I just say what what happened is it was what it was at the time, and um, there's no good moping about it. No, there's a, that's a really good way to to look at it. And then you know, again, full circle, really. Sort of last year coming, I think it was 2022, came back to Russell, back up to the West Midlands. Was that a was that a decision to come sort of back home, back to the area, and and sort of leave that life in Southend? How did that come around, Sam? Yeah, yeah, it was. I was always going to move back home eventually. Um, all my family and friends are, for, are from sort of Stourbridge Way, like Great Bar Way. Um, and it was when when's the right time to move back home? And sort of we made the decision that this, well, the summer just gone, was the right time. So um, put the house up for sale and and move back. And then then again, you're thinking, right, need to get a new job, need to get a new club. So you're back in that that same that same situation but thankfully um went straight into a new job up here and uh spoke to Liam McDonald at Rushall and and what what they were trying to do was was obviously a something that I wanted to be a part of fantastic and how's it how has it been sort of you know playing back around here playing at, at Rushall you know you said you see yourself now as one of their sort of senior players there I'm sure you know 31 you're in a very good season this year is it just the goal sort of to try and play as many years at sort of that level and, and a good level as possible now yeah well the goal, the goal this season was to, to get to yeah play play every single game and, and see what happens it was my first year at this this level they obviously had a good season last season and being because because they're sort of local to Warsaw all the Warsaw fans pop over and every now and again and and, and they understand Rushall and, and what it is. And I think for me signing there has obviously helped help the club in, in that sort of way of in, improving attendances and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, like this is serious football. We're trying to compete to win a league. It's not it's not a joke. We are we we're we're a very, very good team and at the minute we are we we're flying and potentially in a little promotion race. So yeah, it was it's been been great this season so far. Do you ever give any, uh, you know, give it out to any of the young players like maybe Stephen Reid used to give it out to you back at, <laughs> at Albion? It, it, it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I do, but it's, it, it's not in my mantra to do it. Um, but I, I just try and set set an example and and, and lead to on, on the actual football pitch. To be fair, um, if if I'm not assisting or scoring goals, then then I'm not affecting the team, and I think by me doing that and playing playing the way I'm playing, that just sets an example for people to follow. And it's obviously part time. Lads work. Some lads don't even come training sometimes because they've got work commitments, and it's 
it's obviously it's obviously very very different to, to what it has been but yeah it's it's been it's been great so far this season and the and the atmosphere down there is just well one of the best I've seen I forgot to actually ask you. I'm just. I've got your sort of CV up now. You, 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 I think you got two two England under 17 caps to your name as well, Sam. Back in around about 2008, 2009. They, they, they must be sort of things you look back on with sort of pride. You know. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've just recently belt. just recently moved house, um, and, I, and I saw them a few days ago actually, and I, it's quite strange, but yeah, they still got the shirts from those games, like. Really, really baggy, extra large England tops, but <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Obviously, at the time, um, I know it was only sort of like under 17s and going into under 18s, but you, yeah, it was. You still see photos when you when you're looking really young and just obviously a, an amazing time. Was it, who were the sort of other players in in there? Was there any sort of big names from the big clubs in those teams that you can remember who maybe went on and had big careers? The, there was there's only one I can remember to be fair, and it was John Bostock. Um, I think he's at Notts County now. That's it. Yeah, I remember the name. Yeah, but he was yeah he was a big hitter at the time, and everyone was raving about him. Uh, I think he was at Spurs. Spurs, yeah. Yeah, everyone was raving about him, saying he's the next big thing, this and that, and that's the only sort of pe- person I can remember really. And and just finally, you're gonna wrap up the episode you know we, we we've gone through your, your whole career how do you how do you look back on it in particular sam how do you look back on your time at albion you know so heavily involved in the first team squad before before leaving to go to walsall you know what's your sort of overriding memory have you got any regrets or how, how do you look back on that that period at albion no no regrets whatsoever it was i live in a heavily like walls west brom dominated area and people ask you questions all the time and I just never have anything bad to say um, it was obviously playing at the, the highest level that England have got to offer being around that whole scenario and and, and place was, was something that I'll never forget and it's only gone on now to improve so I can't imagine what it's like now for the young boys coming through but I can imagine it's it's just an amazing place to be but uh, no regrets, no regrets whatsoever. Um, just yeah, just look back at memories and and feel and try and feel what what was happening at the time. But yeah, it was it was obviously amazing, and I still still follow every result like it's like I'm playing it. Fantastic, that's great. Thank you very much for that, Sam. Really appreciate your time coming on the Baggies broadcast. No worries at all. Be brilliant. <laughs>